The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals participating in the show. All persons described or mentioned in the podcast should be considered innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. This podcast contains subject matters such as violence and graphic descriptions along with adult language, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. On the early morning hours of October 13, 2018, in Chalfont, California, a 16-year-old girl leaves her residence on foot, leaving behind all her personal possessions. There are lots of speculations on why she left, but no one really knows the truth. To this day, she has not been found. You're listening to the Mysterious Bruce Podcast, and tonight we bring you the case of Carly Gousset. She was uh, busy, and I don't quite understand the whole thing. I was in my hot tub room, uh, it was probably about 6.30, 7 o'clock. I'm kind of, this happened a couple of years ago, so I'm just trying to guess at it. But I'd say between 6.30 and 7, and uh, it was kind of chilly that morning, I remember. And for some reason, I looked out towards the street. I have big, big windows in the hot tub room. So I looked out towards the street, and I thought, that's unusual. There's a young girl walking by. She had long, kind of long brown hair. Uh, she, she had clothes on. She had a white, I think, I can't even remember, but I think she had a white top and maybe gray bottoms or something. But she had clothes on. But it was kind of chilly, and I thought, that's kind of kind of weird that she would be there. And she was waving a, a piece of paper, like a, a 12 by 12 piece of paper. She was just waving it in the air and, and walked by. Now, later that morning, I think it was about 8 o'clock maybe, I'm guessing probably, that her mother says, have you seen my daughter? And I told her the story that I had just seen a girl walk by, but I didn't know it was her. Oh, that was her. I think you were the last one to see her. I said, well, I don't know. Well, I'll help you go look. So at that time, I had a, a, a side-by-side motorcycle. So I rode Welcome to a deep, dark, dank, moist basement. Somewhere in the bowels of Georgia. Well, Coach, we uh, dodged the bullet on the weather. Our... Lovely people below Atlanta are just getting rocked every day by severe thunderstorms and power outages, and I'm glad it's them and not us. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I couldn't take a storm like we got the other day. That was rough. Yeah, that. I don't want no part of them swirling leaves you saw. I don't like it when the leaves swirl. We have had a little bit of... New traction in the Rebecca Gould case. We had the uh, family-run Facebook page reach out and ask us to join. Which really? Is, yeah, which is a little ironic, but... <laughs> well, I'm sure it's not ran by... Wait, no, that wasn't that case. <laughs> so we... Uh... That, was a different, that was a different Arkansas case where we got the hate mail. Yeah, it was. 
Well, I I personally got the hate mail. <laughs> we had. I still feel bad. I still feel bad about that. We. Like, I didn't. Like I know what it sounded like, but I meant it as a compliment. <laughs> right. She was a very confident young lady. Way yeah. above her or way before her time. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, on our Valiant Thor episode, our fan Natalie Walker said, I bet if Valiant had offered to extend the United States car warranty, they would have accepted his offer. <laughs> I was going to, I didn't know what she had said, but I was going to say, like, I was going to pipe in and try to be funny, but. I'm glad I didn't step on her joke. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good, Miss Walker. That was pretty, pretty good. I will say that. All right. So if you are not a patron, become one. Yes. Above the $1 tier. If we can get a million fans to give us $1 each, donate $1, I swear we'll make this the greatest podcast in the history of podcasts. We will kick so, Joe Rogan's ass on the charts. Yep. Well, we do not have any breaking news on the Patreon front. If you are a patron, we have released a couple of uh, little nuggets on there for you. Did uh, you already released that one? Yes, to the patrons I did. The Nevada UFO, we touched on it. Mm-hmm. So that's a Patreon episode. So if you are interested in our take on that, let us just take a few dollars of your hard-earned money each month and you can have access to that gym. But anyway... Let's get into this one. We've got the case of Carly Gousset. Now, Carly was born on May 13th, 2002 to Zachary and Lindsay Gousset. Carly's parents would divorce when she was two years old, and Carly went to live with her mom, Lindsay. Eventually, Carly would move in with her father, Zachary, and his new wife, Melissa, in Bishop, California. Carly was your typical teenager in her junior year of high school at Bishop Union High. She liked to dance, hang out with her friends, along with hanging out with her 17-year-old boyfriend. Which, I don't know why they made a big deal of him being 17. If she's a junior, she's either late in her 16th year or about to turn 17. But anyway, she even had a part-time job that she enjoyed going to. Now, despite the distance between her and her mom, their relationship was a good one even though her mom, Lindsay, was living in Nevada at the time. And mom stated, quote, we were always really, really open with each other. We were literally best friends. She could talk to me about anything. She is such a sweet girl, and she is so funny, end quote. Now, in August of 2018, Zach and Melissa would purchase their dream home in White Mountain Estates, just south of Chalfont Valley, California. On Friday, October the 12th, 2018, Carly told her dad and her stepmom, Melissa, that she was going to a high school football game. But just like most of us when we were teenagers, that's not where she was headed to. She was headed to a house party in Bishop with the boyfriend. Now, while at this party, she would smoke some marijuana, which she had done before. Yeah. I was almost going to say something, but it would have tripped up the other. In this day and age, we're still doing the drugs. Still, still doing it. It seems so ridiculous to me how it's not legal. 
I agree with you. Like, come on, how many, how much tax dollars are we missing out on? Look at the state of Colorado. Yeah. If the state of Georgia would legalize marijuana, my hometown would probably generate a billion dollar tax revenue every year in my county alone, my home county alone. Well, I agree. When I came back from college, I think I was the only one that didn't smoke. And the only reason why I didn't smoke is because it started giving me panic attacks. Cause I used to smoke that shit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think I'm, oh, I would never smoke. Like, no, I used to smoke that shit every day. Well, and what's funny is I know another guy that smoked forever, and he said after the birth of his son, he started having anxiety attacks with his. So he had no, to that's stop what smoking. I'm saying. Yeah, like just out of nowhere. That's I'm what he chilling. said. I'm just chilling one day with friends, and I'm toking up, and I'm everybody's having a good time, and all of a sudden I'm like, I need to go to the hospital. I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> and they're like, sir, you're not having a heart attack. Have you done any drugs? And I was like, no. <laughs> like, I mean, yes. <laughs> and they're like, well, we don't have any explanation for that. And I'm like, I don't know either. And then the next night, like a fucking idiot. You tried it again. Like, hey, man, you guys want to get high? Hospital again. I was like, okay, I'm, I think I, have, I found the connection. And I had to stop. I miss it. I miss it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm dying over here. All right. So around 8 p.m. that evening. Let's get back to the horrible cases. Yes. Sorry. Join us on Bud Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) As we discuss the purple ganja. Yeah. Yeah. So around 8 p.m. that evening, Carly would call her stepmom, Melissa, and ask if she could pick her up. When Melissa arrived, she saw Carly running down the street. Quote, she was really pale, looked like a ghost. Her pupils were really dilated, end quote. Carly would confess to Melissa that she was high. Earlier in the year, Carly's grades had dropped and she had gotten into trouble for coming to school high. She just can't have a good time anymore. No. Damn administrators with their rules. I know. So Zach and Melissa articulated very precisely to Carly that she had to get her act together, and it had appeared she did because her grades had started to improve and she was doing much, much better. So when Melissa gets Carly home, Zach can tell right away that Carly was not right. This was around 9 p.m., and Zach would state, quote, she was scared of something. I was trying to talk to her. To me, it sounds like she got a hold of some wet weed. Like, somebody tainted that stuff if you don't know what wet weed is that's when somebody adds something that ain't supposed to go in it most commonly it's like an insecticide or some something like that or sometimes even formaldehyde to make your product seem a little stronger than it is so you can charge a little more and in the, right. in the jennings eight that was the big deal with one of those suspects that they accused him of dipping his weed in formaldehyde. But what happens next is up for debate. You've got two versions. Version one was told to Dateline, and it goes as follows. When Melissa and Carly got home, they ate dinner together, and then Carly went to bed. Zach tells Dateline that before she went to bed, Carly seemed disoriented. 
He refused to comment further on the matter. At 5.45 a.m. the next morning, Melissa awoke and went through her usual morning routines. She opened the doors to the kids' room and said good morning to them. She opened Carly's bedroom and she saw Carly asleep in the bed. Melissa went back to bed for a bit, woke up again around 7 a.m. and opened Carly's door again. Carly was not there. Quote, I went back into our bedroom and I said to Zach, honey, she's not here. And he said, what do you mean she's not here? Melissa tells Dateline, quote, I said, she's gone. She's not in a room. She's not outside. She's not in the backyard. She's not anywhere. End quote. Now, take that with a grain of salt because we know what we experienced with the Dateline episode on Rebecca Gould's case. There is a Dr. Phil episode that is out there on the YouTube. You can watch the entire thing where they interview Melissa and Zach along with Carly's mom, Lindsay, and it gets a little heated. Now, the second version of what happened goes like this. Melissa picks Carly up and they return home around 9 p.m. Melissa changed her story and said that when Carly went to bed, she asked Melissa to stay with her. But Carly was restless and could not sleep. Quote, she wanted to paint toenails. She wanted to read the Bible. End quote. Melissa then recorded their conversation on her phone. She claimed it was so that she could replay it for Carly as a way of teaching her a lesson about drug use. The recording was eight minutes long. Now, one report said that audio was actually 23 minutes long and that Lindsay only listened to eight minutes of it. In this recording, you can hear Carly say, quote, I really messed up today. And Melissa responds with, quote, we all do things in life that we regret, drugs especially, end quote. Carly tells her thank you and that she loves her. Melissa then tries to give Carly a salad and a power bar to which Carly just screams out, this is the devil's lettuce, end quote. Hmm. Of yeah. course it is. Yeah. You've got a hold of some devil's lettuce. You know what's weird about it now? I know I don't know because I don't do it, but man, like back when I did it, it was natural homegrown from the earth dirt weed. They got stuff now. That, <laughs> that will just knock you on your ass. Like no bull, like no bull. We went to Las Vegas for the Jiu-Jitsu World Championships, and a bunch of us went into one of the dispensaries, which was amazing. It made me very jealous that I couldn't do it. But my wife at the time, she decided to try it. <laughs> she was like, "Well, I'll just get an edible," and she picked out a Rice Krispie treat. And I'm not lying. The guy, the guy looked at her and he's like, do you smoke a lot? Do you do a lot of, and she's like, Oh no, 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 not at all. And it's the funniest statement I ever heard. He said, whatever you do, do not eat this entire Rice Krispie treat at one time. <laughs> I was like, Holy shit. Damn. He's like, yeah. He's like, what? He goes, I would recommend since you don't do it a lot, maybe eat a fourth of it to start. And I'm like, a fourth of a Rice Krispie Treat has enough shit in it to... He's like, it will put you on your ass. Now, I know that that Moonwalker gummies that we 
tried to promote for a while, it had Delta 8, and it will make you melt into the bed. But there is now Delta 9, and they say that shit's even stronger. So, yes, you have to be careful. Yeah. Now, after the devil's lettuce exclamation, Melissa then tried to get Carly to go to sleep, but Carly said, quote, no, I don't want to go to sleep. You're going to kill me, end quote. Why would I kill you? That's preposterous, Melissa said. Quote, I'm just thinking all this demonic stuff, Carly says while crying. I can't help it. So Melissa would fall asleep in the early hours of October 13th, 2018, while lying beside Carly in Carly's bed. At 5.45 a.m., Melissa woke up, looked over at Carly, and fell back asleep. When Melissa woke up again around 7.15 or 7.30, Carly was gone. Melissa later admitted on the Dr. Phil show in March of 2019 that she had lied to Dateline. Quote, no, that, the Dateline, NBC, yeah, that was a false story because I wasn't. It was a lie about checking in on Carly because it was in the beginning and I didn't know what to say and I shouldn't have never even done the interview, end quote. I don't get it. I don't either. If you're worried about what to say, then just say no comment and then get a family spokesperson. But anyway, so the search begins because when they can't find her around the house and they took to the streets, they drove around for two hours. And then finally, Zach calls her mom, Carly's mom in in Nevada. And this is another odd thing. Lindsay, her mom, has to insist that Zach call 911 and report her missing. I don't know why. If you can't find her within an hour, if I can't find my son within an hour, I'm calling 911. So, sometime during the afternoon hours of October 13, 2018, Mono County Sheriff's Office launched a search and rescue operation for Carly. They used helicopters, multiple helicopters, six sets of tracking dogs, and about 60 search and rescue volunteers. Golly, and they didn't find anything? No. Not even, not even a trace, a scent? Not that I could find. Would, well, I mean, you'd think if they did tracking dogs, they would start right where she walked out of the house. Yeah. From what I could find in my research, they didn't say that they caught a scent or anything because it would almost lead you to believe if they could catch her scent and it just disappeared somewhere, then she'd gotten into a vehicle. But I, I couldn't find anything. So you've got three witnesses who come forward that live in the White Mountain States community where the Gousses live. And they state that they had seen a girl matching Carly's description. One witness, Mr. Richard Eddy, 78, was retired and used to work for the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Office. And he actually lives just down the street from the Gousses. Now, Richard stated that on October 13th, he was relaxing in his hot tub while drinking coffee. His hot tub is actually in an enclosed room in his house facing the street. So sometime between 6.30 a.m. and and 6.45 a.m., he states that he saw a tall, slender female with long hair walk by. Quote, she was looking up, looking around the, at the sky. End quote. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, the other two witnesses who came forward would remain anonymous, and they stated that they had also seen Carly in the early morning hours of the 13th of October. 
One said they saw her near Sierra View Road and Highway 6. The other witness saw her at White Mountain Estates, just west of Ponderosa Street, walking towards the direction of Highway 6. Now, Ponderosa Street is the street that Carly lived on. So all three witnesses have stated that Carly was wearing a white t-shirt, gray sweatpants, and sneakers. The temperature that morning was in the low 40s, but none of the three report that she had a jacket on. When she left, she left her cell phone, glasses, and other personal belongings at home. So the Mono County Sheriff's investigation into Carly's disappearance had little to no evidence to go on. There were no physical or digital clues of where Carly had gone. They had zero evidence of foul play or abduction. And the Gousset's home showed no signs of forced entry. However, the front door was left slightly open or ajar. A week after Carly's disappearance, the department would set up a checkpoint along Highway 6. Authorities would state that approximately 50 people had come through the checkpoint that day, but no one recalled seeing anyone matching Carly's description. Detectives would issue warrants for Carly's social media accounts as well as her electronic devices. After the data dumps, the detectives were at a loss because there was zero evidence of anything that would point them to where Carly had gone. The sheriff's office would conclude that Carly walked to Highway 6 a distance of less than a mile because of the witness statements. What happened after that is anyone's guess. During my research, I could not find anything stating that the sheriff's investigators questioned anyone at that party that night. Now, media reports, along with the family stories, have changed several times. Zach and Melissa definitely give off vibes of knowing more than they are letting on. And that's basically all of the evidence in her disappearance. So we will get to the theories. The first one is she had had enough of her dad and stepmother and she was going to run away. But the timing, I mean, I guess that she got reprimanded by for doing what she did. It could be an indicator, but I don't know, man. You get in a little bit of trouble. I would like to know more about the background of how many times she'd been in trouble and how, how much she'd been through and what the type of punishments were would be a good. That's what I want to know. Good information to know. Yeah, because there's no telling how she took the punishment, even though her dad and stepmom state that she had turned her stuff around and was making better grades and hadn't gotten in trouble. You still want to know how she reacted to it. Yeah. And I mean, disappearing without a trace and never coming back. I mean, it could be that it could be that, that she was tired of it and ran away and then ran into foul play because she's what? 16. Yeah, that's what I, at the time of her disappearance, I think she was 16. What 16-year-old has enough resources to create a new life? You know? Not many that I know of. Hell, my 17-year-old don't even have enough. Okay, so getting back to the runaway thing, did she just simply run away? People point to her not taking any of her belongings as a reason to discredit this theory, but several runaways have simply just walked out of their current situation. This would hold some water if... Carly had someone waiting to pick her up near Highway 6. 
We cannot take what her dad and stepmom state about her home life because we do not know what actually went on inside the house. And they have changed their stories multiple times, at least twice that are documented, more alluded to online. There could have been other reasons that she wanted to leave her current situation, or she may have just walked out thinking that she had a friend that would take her to her mother's in Nevada. Then you have to look at the abduction scenario. So we know that at least three people saw her walking towards Highway 6. It's clearly plausible that someone took advantage of the fact that she was walking alone in the early morning hours. Now, the website Caltrans states that roughly 200 cars per hour drive through the section of Highway 6 that Carly would have been on. On a Sunday, you're looking at a lot less than that, but it's still in the excess of 130 cars per hour. So somebody had to see something unless she had someone waiting for her. You'd think so, but maybe she did. I mean, the fact the fact that no one saw anything, I mean, could indicate that she had a ride. Well, then we have to get into, was she trafficked? Oof. I mean, it's possible. Could I mean, someone? Keith and Roberts. Yeah. Walked out of a flying J and never seen again. She could have. Decided to run away, and the first person is like, hey, do you need a ride? I'll take you wherever you need to go. Yep. And that's why she's never been seen again. It's sad. It's horrible to think about, but it could be true. Could someone have lured her away with the promise of something like a modeling job or a photo shoot? We know that human traffickers are on social media and other online forums that teenagers and children frequent. Maybe someone contacted her through a social media account and started an online relationship. She could have deleted that conversation the morning she left, and that would take into account the fact that investigators could not find anything. Now, Carly was paranoid and scared the night before, so maybe she actually had no reason to be. Was Carly exhibiting signs of being groomed? That's another thing that we won't know. That's, I don't know. It's a good question. Was Carly on something stronger than the marijuana? Going to Coach's theory that she was given some wet marijuana, her mom, Lindsay, thinks that she was given something that was laced, and she believes that something was LSD. Now, a source close to the investigation said that police tested the marijuana and nothing else was in it. They didn't say how they found the marijuana, who had it, or anything like that. However, Carly's boyfriend swore what Carly took that night was just marijuana. He said on the night of the party, she had not smoked in a while and maybe it might have triggered something. He also said Carly was simply not feeling well and that she was scared of him and scared of the music that was playing that night. Something could have happened at the party. Someone could have said something or done something that scared the shit out of her, and due to the effects of that marijuana. Is there any, is there any indication, did they, about, not indication, but is there any uh, evidence that they interviewed? Not evidence, golly. Is there any reports of them interviewing people at the party? You would think that they would, you know, talk to people, 
A girl just disappeared. What happened at the party? Exactly. That's my biggest hang-up on this case. Hmm. You know, maybe, so let's huh? just say she had smoked some wet marijuana. Maybe she sees something. Maybe somebody says something that triggers her. Maybe she starts having a panic attack. And then her fight or flight response kicks in. Maybe someone approached her at this party that said that said something inappropriate and she was trying to get away from them. Maybe someone who thought she would tell the police about what had happened or what she saw as she started walking down the road just grabbed her. Yeah, it's also if well if something happened at the party, even if they didn't interview, you would think, okay, my this girl disappeared after this party. I remember seeing you think maybe somebody would have stepped up and said something. Yeah. That's kind of strange too. And that's what I was about to say. It's just it's extremely odd to me that a sixteen year old teenager can disappear and her friends from the party that previous night cannot point out anything strange or suspicious in her behavior. But her stepmom says she was so paranoid she had tried to attack her when she got in the car. Unless we have a case of spontaneous kidnapping and it wasn't premeditated at all, someone at that party knows something and they think that it's just unimportant. And that's where I agree with you. They should have went to that party and started or that went to the boyfriend and started getting names. Who was at the party? Where was the house? Who owns the house? Go to that person. And then chase all of them down. But as far as I could find, they didn't do that. Hmm. The next theory is the family has something to do with it. And this is not my personal opinion, but this is a lot of threads on Reddit and Web Sleuths point the finger towards the family. I'm just, we're just giving you the information. So on the surface, Zach and Melissa's behavior is extremely odd and disturbing. You cannot just gloss over the fact that Melissa lied and changed her story. In several live Facebook videos regarding Carly's disappearance, Melissa appears nervous and out of breath like she had just run sprints or ran a marathon. Odd, but still not proof of her involvement in Carly's disappearance. The Dateline lie is the strangest because it just does not make sense. Her excuse is, quote, I did not know what to say. Well, here's an idea. Maybe just tell the fucking truth. If you don't know what to say, don't say nothing at all. Or, like I said earlier, find a spokesperson that says the family is not talking to the media. Now, if you discount the Dateline lie, you, have, you still have Melissa changing her story several times. In version two of what we discussed earlier, there is no mention of them watching a movie. However, Melissa has said that the two had watched a movie. Also in version two, she says in the morning she looked over at Carly and then went back to sleep. When Melissa was on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, she said that when she looked over at Carly, Carly was awake. If she was awake, then why not ask her how she felt? Are you feeling better? Are you okay? The old adage that when a person lies, they never remember the lie they told, but when a person tells the truth, their story never changes. This is truer than most people think. Now, a lot of shade has been thrown towards Zach and Melissa for not taking Carly to the emergency room the previous evening. Should they have? Probably yes. However, we all know hindsight's twenty twenty. 
does not change anything in this case, and dwelling on it really does not help solve the case. There are several posts on the interwebs that state that Zach had been drinking that night. Well, guess what? He's a grown-ass man. He can drink in his house. Now, I chalk all of these to up to being rumors because there's no mention of anything that I could find except on these message boards. Then you have some false leads. In the years since she went missing, there have been a few reported sightings of Carly in California and Nevada, but when investigated, they turned out to be false. Then in early 2021, a young woman with the username at I'm having so much fun with two ends began to post on TikTok as reported by No Filter. In the videos, this young lady danced to TikTok songs. Because she acted strangely in the videos, viewers speculated that she might be a kidnapped Carly Gousset. They would ask her to do certain things like blink or touch her hair if she was in trouble, and she appeared to follow their instruction. She also seemed to make a hand signal representing domestic violence. Further, her and Carly both had nose rings. However, the young woman had another account called at Chick-fil-A P-Brain and ultimately released a video saying that she was safe in which she spoke with an heavy English accent. And she also went back and deleted the other videos and account. The Mono County Sheriff's Office also responded to the theory on Facebook. Quote, many have sent information regarding TikTok videos which feature a girl who looked like Carly. There is a resemblance, but we have confirmed with Carly's family that is not her, end quote. That was a press release on January 5th, 2021. Now, another alleged sighting is that of a man on a dirt bike, and you can find this video on YouTube. You can clearly see a teenager. I couldn't find, I couldn't find the video. I closed out of that Reddit thread. I'll have to find, see if I can find it. It's on, I tried well, my best. Yeah, first time I saw it was on TikTok. And what's funny is we had been discussing doing this case via Messenger. I, and then all of a sudden, well, it pops up on my feed, and I'm like, hmm. Well, I found the video. I, I've seen the video, but it was on, like, a list video that I was watching on YouTube about, like, mysterious um, missing people caught on tape or something like that. But I couldn't I couldn't tell you which one. I've watched so many of those things. <laughs> <laughs> now, you can clearly see in this video that we're talking about, a teenager is walking up a rock a dry creek bed as this man is driving or riding his motorcycle. She appears to match Carly's description, but authorities have stated that the girl in this video was not Carly and someone else has come forward anonymously stating that was them that day. Oh, really? I did not know that. Yeah. I saw that twice. Uh, so in closing, it's easy for armchair detectives and us to sit back and judge Melissa's and Zach's and even Lindsay's actions. But people who have never experienced a missing child seem to know everything that somebody should do. 
They think they know what they would do in that situation, but the truth is you don't know shit until it happens. What you going to do until it happens to you? It has to be the most horrific thing that I could ever imagine. I could not fathom going through this for months or years or even just days. Now, people who defend Melissa have accused Lindsay, the biological mom, of not getting out there to search for her daughter. Well, Lindsay, if you ever listen to this, fuck them. Because yeah. I can tell you this, there are a hundred parents or more in your situation that have the thought of, quote, what if I leave and she comes here for help and I'm not home? Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. And plus, again, you don't know how you're going to react to traumatic events like this. Some people literally will shut down. Like, they don't know what to do. Like, there's so many, like, there's so many things to do, that, and you don't know where to start that you literally just shut down. I do that with chores. <laughs> there's so much shit to do around the house. I'm just like, ah, I don't know where to start. I'm just going to sit down. I don't mean I'm to just going to go take a nap. Yeah, I don't mean to make light, but I'm being serious. Like, there's so, there, you're probably so bombarded with things that you need to do, you could do, what do you do, how do you start, whatever, that you literally get overwhelmed and you shut down. Right. It happens. Now, you also have to keep in consideration or take into consideration that the media and Reddit and even WebSleuths have a bunch of pretentious assholes on there. Of course. Lindsay is better off dealing with a spokesperson and strictly with the authorities if she has any questions. Now, even though Melissa lied to Dateline and changed her story, all that means is she's not 100% truthful and she's probably pretty high on the suspect list. Until there's evidence pointing somewhere else or they clear Melissa and Zach, you as a listener or someone in true crime pointing fingers and throwing shade at the the step parents need to just take a step back. And people ask, why are we doing all these fucking cases? Because no one knows about a lot of these cases. Like coach and I have said, there are a plethora of cases in our home <laughs> state that we have not covered and hell, we grew up here. The one we did up in North Georgia. I mean, hell, I had just started teaching, and I don't remember ever hearing about that. No, the yeah, the Keeslin Roberts case, which is, I mean, that's my hometown. I didn't, I didn't know about it till I saw it on YouTube. Right, and that's what we're saying. Like we grow up, like in just in that situation, he's literally in the same town. He had no idea about it. So the reason we cover these cases is to get public awareness out there. Maybe someone at that party who is now probably an adult and has a steady job, maybe hearing about this or reading an article about this will jog your memory about something you thought was just the most minute detail, and it might lead to something great. The other thing is, the more we talk about these cases, the more people will talk about it in circles that may get back to someone in the case. And that's why we do what we do. So 
when we release this, it will have passed. And I'm pretty sure that she will not listen this long. But any of our fans out there, please know that Miss Jennifer Bucholtz, her birthday is Friday, June 16th. And so if you are listening to this after the fact, get on there and give her a great happy birthday because she has treated us very, very well and sent us some great cool new stickers with a QR code that jumps to our podcast. And she even made three of them just for Kochi. Yeah, well, I think I think we need to mass produce that one. That's good. That would be a bestseller, I think. It has our logo, the QR code, and in the middle it says, we only listen because coach. Damn straight. So many do. <laughs> it's really sad like how, how much hard work you put into this shit. You edit it, you research it, you edit it, you upload it, you do everything. And I'm just like, fart joke, insert fart joke here. <laughs> <laughs> he's the he's the beautiful face. I'm just the hard working right. man. Well, do you have a theory on this young man? I think she got some wet weed, honestly, and she had some sort of psychosis. Well, somewhere I had read I looked at a bunch of different websites, but somewhere I had read that her mom thinks she overdosed to the point where the psychosis took effect and then she was still under that psychosis and may have wandered off and just perished into the the air, nearby area. I've I've not looked geographically where it's at, but I'm sure it is possible. And we've covered several cases where the area searched just outside that search area is where they locate the body several years later. So it may be one of those issues. But who knows? I do agree with you. I think she got a hold of some bad shit with her walking that early in the morning. Unless she got into the car, a car with someone she knows, there's a good chance if she was still under the effects of that psychosis or the weed, she could have just taken the first person that offered to take her to get something to eat or take her home. Or like you said, Hey baby, just hop in the car. I'll take care of you or I'll take you wherever you need to be. And then it's over. Yep. That's all it takes. Yep. Unfortunately, you're right. Well, Coach, you got a recommendation for the great people out there. I'm just going to go to the old standby and recommend you find our our private group, see some of the greatest memes on earth, some of the best, most interesting articles I can find, and other contributors doing wonderful things that go to groups, type in the entire Mysterious Brews podcast to find us. If you just do the search bar, Mysterious Brews, you'll find our public page, which we don't really, we just post the episodes on there. We don't really interact very much. But if you do groups, Mysterious Brews podcast and join, you'll have some laughs and you'll have some mysteries. You know, you never know what'll happen. That's right. I mean, we have some super fans on there that post some gems. Yes, we do. They're hilarious. Our boy Heater is one of them, but we also have another young lady that she's been killing it here lately. So I'm going to recommend Dr. Stephen Greer's YouTube page. And on that page, he is just this week, Monday, June 12th, 
they had the National Press Club event on UFOs and the Disclosure 2.0 event. And there are a lot of crazy ass things that were released. Now, the video is three hours long, but it has multiple speakers on it. And if you are interested in that disclosure or you've watched his other videos, it is highly, highly interesting. So that's my recommendation. Well, Coach, do you have anything else to add to this lovely, lovely day? You know, I don't. Uh, deuces. <laughs>